How are we doing today? It's a football Friday on the Joe Jacobs Show right here on Bama Central. On BamaCentral.com, you made it to the end of another week. And we are here to break down Alabama's big game, huge game, massive game against the Chattanooga Mox. So to do that, we are going to bring in our Bama Central friends and crew today. Uh, as we do that, we want to remind you to subscribe to our other Bama Central Broadcasting Network podcast. We've got our friends Blue Collar Unplugged with Matthew Gibson, Blake Byler, and Jacob Pickle. Those guys putting out a new episode at the start of the week to uh, get you excited for Alabama basketball's 3-0 start. The Crimson Tide will be back in action tonight at 7 p.m. in Coleman Coliseum. You can follow along with us uh, at BamaCentral.com. All the action as the fellows take on the Mercer Bears at 7 p.m. tonight. We've had a fun week. We've had a lot of fun this week. We've talked to Gene Henley from the Chattanooga Times Free Press. We've talked to Kenzie Bradenberg from Cowbell Corner and Joey Van Zumeren from Mizzou Central. So we've had a lot of fun talking to different folks already this week. We are going to talk to our experts now with our friends Katie Wyndham, Christopher Walsh, and Austin Hannon. Chris Walsh is driving to uh, Parts Unknown, and Austin is driving to his next feature event. Uh, those guys are on the phone. With, you're just up with uh, myself and Katie on the cameras. Katie, we'll start with you. How, how is your day going? First, actually, how is your day going? And very well done on your piece with uh, with Tim Keenan this morning. Make sure you guys check out Katie with the feature on Tim Keenan right there on the cover of BamaCentral.com this morning. Tim Keenan has exploded on the football field this year. And Katie Windham has kind of given you a peek inside why and how he's done that. So how are you? And well done on your piece this morning. Thanks, Joe. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm doing good this morning. Uh, it was it was a really fun story to write. Uh, Tim Keenan's a super humble guy. After uh, I did the interview with him the other day, he said, now I have a question for you. He said, why would you want to do a story about me? And I said, you've been a huge part of this defense. And you've got a cool story to share. So I hope people uh, go, go check the story out and enjoy it. What was one thing that maybe you reluctantly had to cut from the story? Obviously, you talked to his parents, you talked to Tim Keenan uh, and, and a lot of his teammates. What was maybe one thing that didn't quite make the story that you thought, ah, I wish I could squeeze this in, but I don't quite have a place for it? Yeah, I uh, now I wish I had my like quotes that I printed out. I think they're downstairs. One thing I think I ended up cutting the last minute was talking. He said he was wearing a Bama jersey before he even knew you know, what he was doing uh, when he was – being recruited in high school, he said everywhere he went, it was always just Bama. He said they would bring up Alabama, um, which, you know, he said my high, his color, his high school's colors are blue at Ramsey and Birmingham. He's like, so it's not like I was wearing Alabama gear. I was just wearing my Ramsey stuff. And somehow the conversation would always get turned back to Alabama. And so uh, then he kind of knew that that was the place for him. And even though uh, he didn't get off to the, the start he necessarily wanted, it's paid off now. And he's, um, you know, really been a star for the statement. It's not a guy that's always going to put up, you know, huge stats just because of the position he's in, but he's had some big games that AM game. And you, you know more about this than me, Joe, when you break down the film, just kind of the impact he has uh, on the inside of that line, kind of disrupting things and stopping the run and things like that. Oh, yeah. He's opened up a lot of things. He's taken on double teams left and right. He's playing two gap and right from the center position. I, I've loved what he's been able to do. And his effort has been off the chart. So uh, it really been such a great, uh, great 
addition to this defense in a place that Alabama really needed to beef up and Tim Keenan stepping up in that role. So check out Katie Windham's piece on BamaCentral.com this morning on Tim Keenan, things that he changed about his life in the springtime. He had only played in two games here with the Tide, as Katie just mentioned. Uh, he changed a lot about his personal life and a lot about the way that he approached uh, football as well. So it's a great piece right there on the cover of BamaCentral.com. Let's find our friend Austin Han, and Austin is driving to his next feature, a mystery feature. Austin, are you on the phone? Can you hear me, sir? Yes, I can hear you. I'm good. Very good. How's life going? How's your week? Oh, it's pretty good. Um, you know, started out thanks to my boss and you and Matthew, I was able to kind of cut loose for a couple of days. And I'm actually leaving Atlanta, Georgia now, where I met up with my girlfriend. So nice. a good couple of days, and uh, I'll be back in town tonight. Ready to get up early tomorrow morning and watch those box blood. Well, nice. Uh, we hope you're you're driving safely. Make sure you stop at the uh, Bucky's on the way back from Atlanta. That's your uh, there's your free sponsored ad, uh, Bucky's. We do love you right here on the Go Gators show. Be safe, Austin. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, of course. And Chris Walsh is driving to parts unknown as well. So, Chris, how's your week? And you're doing okay on the road, sir? Doing fine. Thank you. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. I, I have to test that out because I'm in um, western Mississippi. Um, well, I guess I'm northern Mississippi, I guess I should say. And, uh, you know, if you lose me suddenly, you'll know why. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> well, we appreciate both Austin and Chris joining us on the phone today. You can find them uh, at Writing Walsh on the Twitter, Twitter machine and at Austin Hannon underscore as well. Austin, let's start with the little breaking news that you put out on BamaCentral.com. We're going to be, uh, obviously turn most of our attention today on Alabama against Chattanooga at 11 a.m. Austin Hannon has been the man to cover all injuries for the Alabama Crimson Tide this season. Sure, you can read it in other places, but if you want to read it first, you get it from Austin Hannon at Austin Hannon underscore at Bama Central on the X machine as well. Austin, tell us uh, the update that you broke down last night. The Crimson Tide going to be maybe a little undermanned on Saturday. Yeah, not really surprising. I think coming in from the it was kind of exciting. Obviously, you've got you got to go through Auburn next week, playing an improving Auburn team on the road in a big rivalry game. You got to play an SEC championship in a couple weeks. So, um, at, at any cost, this team's going to try to get healthier and healthier. And um, you know, with Deontay Lawson and, and Jalen Key, they just—it's not a smart move to put them out there. I mean, you've got plenty of guys on your depth chart. I mean, you could probably go five people deep and, and still win this game on Saturday. So, um, no, no risk taking. I don't think for Alabama on Saturday, and they'll leave those guys out. Uh, it'll be an opportunity, like Saban usually says, for other guys to step up. And uh, me and Katie talked about on Thursdays just a minute that this is going to be a game regardless for a lot of guys that maybe we haven't seen this year with some of the games that Alvin was played being so close. Uh, you're going to get to see a little bit of that depth this weekend, I think. And so that's exciting. And, you know, I reported about Devontae Smith last week, and I think he's probably going to get a little bit of an increased role on Saturday as he kind of makes makes his way back from that foot injury. And then on Ja'Cory Brooks, it's just kind of a weird situation. Um, I, you know, I was told he hasn't really been at practice all week. He's still dealing with what Nick Saban has called a shoulder injury. I, I do think that is what it is. Uh, we saw his arm in a sling a couple weeks ago. But, yeah, I mean, just such a weird, curious year for that guy. I mean, it had such promise after the, his first two years. And this year, he has just three catches on the season. So, um, not exactly sure what's all going on with him. But How can I, I help? That, you know, probably later this week. And, into next week, we'll probably see Deontay Lawson and Jalen Key get back to practice and practicing full. 
uh, before that Auburn game, but they're going to be no-goes on Saturday. Wait, 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 Katie. We're not going to have Jalen Key or Deontay Lawson. We're not going to have Ja'Cory Brooks. Alabama's not taking UTC lightly, are they? I mean, I don't think they are, but I think this is a it, this is a good I think we might have lost Katie Wyndham before she goes on to her, her hot spot, uh, as she traditionally does on Fridays. All right, so uh, oh, look. Thomas, no. if it had to happen. Yeah. Uh, I think Katie's going to bounce right back in and join us. Okay, so awesome. No surprise. You're losing Deontay Lawson for the week. Well, it doesn't right. really matter. Well, we talked to Sutton Smith, WVA digital reporter, earlier in the week, and basically my whole question to him is, well, what do we get out of these games? Why do we play these games? And if the whole point of playing these games is to get backups experience, to get uh, you know, a different look at other guys, if the whole point is to play the twos and the threes and give them valuable reps, why doesn't Coach Nick Saban just roll out there with Ty Simpson as his starting quarterback and Jalen Hale as wide receiver one and Justice Haynes as running back one. Why doesn't he just play the twos right off the bat uh, with a team like UTC coming into town? Well, that, really all week, I mean, we've been joking about it on the beat. Just like we think back to, I forget what year it was, when he really snapped um, on other reporters who somebody asked, you know, how excited are you to kind of get these younger guys in the game and, uh, Saban on the, the complete rant about the Georgia Southern game and how you got to respect every opponent you play. And you brought up on the head coach last night. I was tuned in for a little bit that Chattanooga led Alabama 3-0 in the second quarter uh, back in 2016 on a team that, you know, almost nearly won a national championship. There were a ton of pros on that team. Um, and still, you know, you still got to play the game. And you think about the, the game against the Citadel and how they were tied 10-10 to at half, whatever year that was. With I think that was 2018 with two at quarterback. Um, and so, I mean, there's been so many, you know, I mean, games where maybe Alabama doesn't respect the opponent. They start off slow and then eventually they get it going. And I think he's kind of trying to avoid that. And uh, if you know Nick Saban, you know that he respects every opponent. He's been uh, telling Miss Terry all week about how they got to respect Chattanooga. And um, he's going to put out his starters to start the game and, and make them win the game because he respects Chattanooga and the seven wins that they have this year. So um, I, I think we will see Ty Simpson and. I talked to Katie about that as well. I think we're going to get to see Tyler Buckner again for the first time in a long time. We usually see three quarterbacks in games like this. So um, maybe we'll get Dylan Lonergan. Obviously, they, they want to keep that red shirt probably open. And, you know, he hasn't appeared in any games this year. So maybe Alabama fans will, will get, get to see him on Saturday even. So a lot of things to be excited about. And, you know, if you are an Alabama fan and you kind of hate this week on your calendar and you hate when Alabama schedules teams like this, at least it's an opportunity for maybe – Justice Haynes to scratch out nine, ten carries, some other guys to get in the game like Ty Simpson that you really haven't seen much of this year, um, and kind of see what you've got moving forward. So um, that, that's what I'll be looking out for this weekend. Uh, I always enjoy this week, not because uh, the game that's going on, but because we kind of get to see some of that five-star, four-star talent uh, that hasn't got to see much of the field this year. Well, Chris, we're turning you on, on that track. This, a lot of this season has been teams of, oh, things are changing. You know, we're going to out next year and getting rid of uh, SEC divisions next year, things changing, schedules changing. Is there any chance that we can get rid of the late November cupcake week as college football continues to change? Yeah, I think it's definitely a possibility. I mean, the biggest reason why they, they play this game is because next week is Auburn, and Auburn kind of does the same thing. And, you know, you just you don't want to go into a 
your biggest rivalry game where you're beat up. I mean, if they had to play, um, say, somebody like Arkansas this week, I mean, obviously they would be favored and, and so forth. But the thing is, when, you know, when you play – when you play an SEC schedule especially and you have the chance to play ranked opponents week in and week out, you know, you get these little stretches where you play three or four um, ranked opponents and, I mean, you're, you're flirting with trouble. Um, you know, it's I, I did a story years ago about just looking up what happens when a team faces a third ranked opponent in the third week and they usually lost. I mean, almost it's somewhere along the line, almost some of the, you know, the teams, like, it was something like 95% of all the teams lost. Like, only two got through it in the SEC. It, it's some ridiculous stat like that. But, but the other thing is, you know, when, when people talk about, uh, you know, when you talk about, you know, respect to the opponent and all this other stuff, um, you also have to remember, this is a team that is still developing. And so the practices this week, we're important because this is a team that's on the rise, regardless of the opponent. And Alabama still has a high ceiling. We still haven't seen how good this team can be. And you don't want to lose that momentum. So in, in, a, in a broader sense, this week was absolutely crucial because they were practicing kind of, you know, like with bowl practices, you know, you get that extra time to work through stuff. Um, this week is big in that respect, but at the same time, you can also get some players who have some injuries, a little extra time to rest up, get ready, because if you go back-to-back Auburn, Georgia, which Alabama's going to be doing, that's tough. We're still hanging out with Christopher Walsh, Katie Windham, and Austin Hannon right here on the Duke Gaither Show on Football Friday on Bama Central, BamaCentral.com. Okay, so we kind of got the setup of the game out of the way. Oh, what's it mean? What's it worth? What's the value here? Katie, my mother likes to compare medicine to uh, a spun, brain medicine to a spun. When you first start to take it, he says, you know, with, with, with medicine and a spun, you first start to make, make a spun wet, it doesn't soak up the sponge, but as you continue to put droplets of water on the sponge, it gets uh, saturated. And to Chris's point, momentum, what's the momentum worth if Alabama continues to put a droplet of water on this year's season, uh, this week, even with the opponent at CUTC, you can sleepwalk through the game, but what is the droplet of water, the momentum, the worth that Alabama is putting in? How valuable is that to the proverbial sponge that is national championship season? And you got to keep the spot nice and when it's soaked up, uh, soaked up all, all the momentum and all the rhythm coach talked about all rhythm last night on a coach. How, how valuable uh, is that to this team and how difficult is that you think to maintain throughout the whole Yeah, I think also, yeah, that helps. Uh, I couldn't really hear what you were saying because it was like echoing. But I think um, also if this gives out again, I don't know what's wrong with my internet today. Um, you know, this team has kind of been building the last couple of weeks. And so just the sense, I think when you have the starters in tomorrow, I think you want them to be efficient and see if they can keep doing things well that they've been doing well. I think while the starters are in, you don't want to give up a sack. You would hope, you know, you don't give up a sack against an FCS team. You gave up two against LSU, which is massive improvement. You only gave up, you didn't give up any last week against Kentucky. And I think you'd like to see that again uh, this week. And then I think on defense, you don't want to give up any explosive plays. Last week we saw against Kentucky towards the end of the game, they give up that long run. Saban loses his mind. There's still some starters in, but I think you'd started to put in some of the backups. And so 
Uh, I, I think, you know, when the starters are in, Alabama is ideally not going to want to give up uh, any points on defense. Um, but then I think this is important in a championship season, kind of what we've talked about, which I've gone in and out. So I, I, sorry if I repeat anyone, but when you're building depth, even like the story I wrote about Tim Keenan, a guy that had to wait his turn, there's guys like that on this team right now, you know, that haven't gotten to play a lot because just of who's ahead of them on the depth chart. But games like this can be good for them that if they need to play, like, look, Seth McLaughlin, we talked to him earlier this week, and he talked about two years ago going into the Iron Bowl, he was the third string center. And then the next week he starts for Alabama in the SEC championship game. So, you know, games like this can be important for guys to just get actual reps, even if it's nowhere the same level of competition that you're going to see from Georgia in a couple weeks. Uh, but to to kind of in a way reward them for the work they've been putting in at practice all year, but also to get some real uh, reps and games and kind of to your analogy or metaphor or whatever, keep adding to that sponge um, and so that it, it kind of seeps through the whole team. I think you want to see the top level guys, the starters, uh, come out strong. You saw that last week in an 11 a.m. game where people were maybe worried about that. That's been an issue for this team this year. Um, I, I do not expect it all to it to be a super uh, full or engaged crowd at Bryant-Denny this weekend, even though it is the last home game. Just the fact that it's the week before Thanksgiving. Students have the whole week off next week. It's at 11 a.m. I don't think it's going to be super full. And so the the team may need to kind of create their own energy. So I think that's kind of what you want to see. Um, but I don't know if there's going to be a ton we're going to learn from this team about this game other than if, you know, they they do kind of keep building. Um, because even though they're playing cupcakes this week, there are other games around the country that Alabama, which we're going to get into that, but uh, you need to keep playing your best, leave a good impression on the committee so that if those teams above you slip, or even if they don't, that you you're still, you know, viewed as highly as possible. That's the perfect segue for Austin to go into because last night one of Coach's points was this game can only hurt you if you don't perform well, if you don't play well, not only performing and playing well, but uh, for the national narrative. I mean, we, we talked with Sutton Smith this week, Austin, about how the USF win is still kind of hurting Alabama being as it was just 17 to seven. Uh, what does, what does it mean for, as far as their eye, the eyes of the committee, you're, you're sitting there number eight, you've got a lot of teams right in front of you. What's a, what's a struggle. What's a 35, 10 versus a 45 to three do like what's obviously those scores aren't that much different, but what's the, the value in a dominating win on Saturday over a, uh, over a bubble team that, that UTC is as well. That's a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, Alabama's got to do everything they can uh, because at this point, we, I mean, based off what we're seeing in these rankings, and obviously they can change at any time, uh, but the committee seems pretty set right now on Oregon and Texas or Alabama. Uh, now, Texas, it makes sense, right? They had the head-to-head victory in Tuscaloosa, even though it went um, all that time ago. But with Oregon, you know, you got to you gotta prove to somebody that you're better than that team and that based off the eye test, hey, which right now they're not going for it, regardless of Alabama beating Tennessee, beating LSU, going on the road, beating Kentucky like that. Um, they haven't budged, and they still are sitting in that number eight spot. So they can't really do themselves any, you know. Yes, you're going to mess something. around and fool around and have a 3-0 deficit against Chattanooga on Saturday. 
you're going to need some help from teams around you. And we'll get into some of the, the uh, outside of the conference who schedule it here in just a little bit. Uh, right here on Football Friday, we've been talking to Katie Wyndham, Chris Walsh, and Austin Hanna this morning. All of our, our team members from BamaCentral.com. We encourage you to go check out all of our work at BamaCentral.com. It's going to be a huge weekend around the capstone with a big basketball game tonight. It's an alumni night. So you see Trevor Relliford and a lot of other Alabama basketball alums in the building at 7 p.m. And we'll have Alabama. Alabama and UTC at 11 tomorrow. So Katie's kind of outlined, you know, what you want to do. You want to go out there and you want to go out there and handle your business early so that you can get these backups in. And you want the backups to gain valuable reps for the next week. Um, what, what, what really, I mean, Coach Saban talked about the, uh, the the passing game of UTC. Chase Artopius is the is the quarterback transfer from UCLA. They've got several receivers, uh, three receivers that have over forty receptions already this year. They're the number fifteenth ranked passing uh, passing team in FCS. So Chris Walsh, if you make them one one dimensional and passing's all they've got, I mean, look, is there any prediction or is there any path for if I can unmute? Uh, is there any path for UTC making this game interesting tomorrow? Well, of course. I mean, it's yeah. It's we we already talked about the the Georgia Southern game. You know, granted that was the triple option, and it was an offense that Alabama doesn't get you know doesn't see kind of thing. Um, you know, you get a couple turnovers and and a couple of breaks go your way, and sure they can make a game out of this. Um, you know, I went to a school that plays at that level, and you know, I've seen over and over again um, upsets, challenges. I mean, uh, you know, we all know Michigan, Appalachian State. You know that that famous game. Um, and you know, my alma mater, University of New Hampshire, we've beaten you know Rutgers, we've beaten you know uh, Northwestern. Um, and granted, we get steamrolled by Alabama, but that's you know part of it. Uh, so is there a scenario? Of course there is. Um, but it's, you know, it, it's funny because it's, it's, people are getting this discussion about, uh, you know, the playoff committee. Um, you know, there's a scenario where ooh, Alabama could not make it. Okay, number one, Alabama's got to go through Auburn and Georgia. I mean, that's, that's, that's the whole thing right there. You know, speculating on what anyone else might or might not do you're just wasting your time. Um, if, if Alabama doesn't beat Georgia, the whole thing's irrelevant. If, if Alabama loses an Auburn, the whole thing is irrelevant. So that's where, you know, Alabama fans should be, should be keeping their focus. But, uh, you know, the committee has made a change lately. It's not the four best teams anymore. It's the four most deserving teams. And that, that has to do with conference championship games. Um, and, you know, the eye test on this game is probably not going to be relevant because the eye test really doesn't matter pretty much anymore because of, of the way that the committee has changed in the last few years. All right, one more question on Alabama before we kind of spin it to national picture and kind of start getting on picks, and this is for Katie. Last week you guys were up in Lexington watching Alabama's, what, 49-21 to 21 win over uh, over Kentucky, and Jalen Milrow had six touchdowns, three through the air, three on the ground. And there was some H words getting thrown around in our uh, in our messages back and forth uh, around here, at Bama Central. Obviously, you've come from a little too far down the Heisman list to where you are now. Jalen Milrow very unlikely to win it. 
but just the conversation around Jalen Rowe being in the conversation, going from who's going to be the quarterback, you're going to get benched, now you're back in, and now you might be one of the five, seven, eight best players in the country. Jalen Milrow, what the offense has done around him, Coach Saban and Coach Reese have been telling uh, television reporters that they've kind of developed the offense over the last couple of weeks that this offense didn't exist uh, was the uh, was the line from the, from the sideline reporter against uh, Kentucky this past weekend. What's the, the, the what should we make of Jalen Milrow? And oh, no matter what happens, is he going to be a Heisman favorite going into 2024? I think it's all the stuff that Saban is saying about they're tailoring the offense around him. It's almost like, why were you not doing that all year? Like, this is, you knew, you've known since this spring that this was the personnel you had. It's why you brought in another quarterback because you maybe didn't like it. Like when you brought in uh, Buckner, like, so it's like you've, like Tommy Reese has known, um, you know, what Milrow's skill set is. And we saw like flashes of it in the early parts of the season, but then really coming out of the bye against LSU, we saw them kind of game planning more around what he can do, more designed runs, um, you know, more things involving Kendrick Law and stuff like that in the offense, different stuff. And so, yeah, like, like you said, Jalen is, he's coming from way too big of a hole to, to win the Heisman. Now I do think if he has, uh, I, you know, ideally in Alabama's uh, ideal scenario, he, he would not play a ton this weekend against Chattanooga, but if he puts up big numbers against Auburn and then if he somehow, you know, beats number one Georgia and the last SEC on CBS game when all eyes are watching a lot of times, you know, that's a lot when people make their last Heisman vote. So he could end up being a finalist, but um, it, it is pretty remarkable that he's, he's, what he's gone through this season, um, that he's he's put in the work to get to this point, um, and that uh, you know he it, after the game on Saturday he was he seemed like he was very frustrated. He said he was after a six touchdown performance, so maybe he's got a little bit of that Saban perfectionist is in him, um, you know, where he's never satisfied. He did have the interception and missed some throws on Saturday, but. No one's perfect. He said that a million times this year that no one's perfect. There's only been one perfect person on earth. So uh, I, I don't know. It, it has been impressive what he's done. And yeah, if if he leads Alabama to the playoffs this year, and certainly uh, if he leads them to a national championship, I think he would almost definitely be the Heisman favorite coming into next year. But that's, you know, looking way ahead and putting a lot of ifs out there. Yeah, Austin, we've been uh, kind of talking and teasing over the last couple of months about Julian Sayan coming to town in in less than a month. Uh, are we going to put the Julian Sayan Sayan talks on ice for another uh, 12 months or so? Oh, without a doubt. And I tweeted that out a few weeks ago. So then I had some fans coming into my messages and kind of asking that question, like, oh, I know Miro's been great, and, um, you know, you've got Dylan Lonergan, who we think is going to be a really good player, and we've heard a lot of good things about him. Um, obviously, we know the skill set that Julian Sand has is one of the top quarterbacks out of high school this year. Um, and obviously, he's been on your program a couple times. But there's no way, there's just no way in my mind that next season, if Jalen Murray returns to Alabama, he's not the clear, like, clear cut, without a doubt, quarterback game one. Now, if he fools around and they lose a couple games early on and he starts having some of the mistakes and, and creating um, some of the mistakes that he did early in the season this year maybe that a conversation opens back up. But what, what, what we've seen um, and how much growth he's made, just think about how much growth he can make over the summer and just continue to get better. And then when another year comes around, I mean, he knows kind of 
what the, the drill is now. He likes to use that word a lot, and he likes to talk about the keys to success, and he's starting to kind of figure out what that is. And so, no, I don't, I don't think there's any chance that um, a guy like him, with, with all the experience he's had now and, and having the, the quarterback keys all year, uh, that he's going to come back next year and get beat out by a true freshman. I, I just can't see that happening. Um, and I think Julian Sand probably knows that. He's been watching Alabama every Saturday, I'm sure. And he's probably got the conversation with his parents, like, yeah, I'm going to stick this thing out. But obviously, I'm not going to be the quarterback in the first year. I mean, Bryce Young wasn't. Tua wasn't. I mean, you go back down the line, not a lot of guys have done that. Um, obviously, Jalen Hurts was. But that was kind of a different situation where, um, similar to this year, everybody in the quarterback room was pretty young. Uh, he was able to kind of take the reins after not actually starting the first game. Uh, obviously, Blake Barnett did, but he came in and kind of took it from there. Sort of to what Morrow did, uh, but no, no, no chance next year that Morrow is not the quarterback because, like Katie pointed to, he's probably going to be, if not the favorite, one of the top three or four guys in the Heisman race this next year. Absolutely. So let's uh, start to look ahead to the rest of the week as far as big picture items. Chris, is there anything uh, outside of Alabama that, that we've left off the table? We talked injuries right off the bat. We talked Jalen Milrose progression. We talked why the hell are we even playing this game and what's the point. Just making sure there's no other Alabama angle we're missing before we start talking about some of these other other games. Well, I I, I want to I kind of want to comment on on, on on my about the Heisman talk because um, my opinion varies a little bit from from Austin and Katie's uh, for for two reasons. Number one, Caleb Williams is obviously not going to win the Heisman this year, so it's you've taken. You know the the guy who won it last year really out of the picture and number two voters have a much shorter attention span nowadays than they used to if if jalen leads alabama to an impressive win over auburn and then if alabama beats georgia and he plays really well again this guy could win it he really could and look i know it's a little bit of a stretch and you're sitting there going well what about the early part of the season people are going to forget that what they're looking at right now is a guy who is going to remind them of Cam Newton. And just the way that they have adjusted the offense and they've gotten so much better, if, it, if they continue to improve, if things click in these two huge games, I guarantee you not only will he be a finalist, he will be in the running to win the thing. Because, you know, the, the one guy that I, I keep circling to say, this guy is really impressive, Daniels for LSU, Jalen Milrow had a better game than, than Daniels did when they when they met head to head, and people are going to remember that part. So, um, is it going to be a distraction? Absolutely not, because I mean it's coming, it's still kind of coming out of left field, and no one's given him a shot yet. But man, it's uh, the way that he's grown and he's developed. And let, let's be honest, a lot of it has to do with the fact that, that the offensive line has gotten better too, and we aren't seeing drop passes anymore. And and so forth down the line. Um, th- that's why we're talking about Alabama continuing to improve. Now, granted, if they go to Georgia and lay an egg, it's, uh, you know, it, forget it. But um, it, it's interesting to me a little bit as a whole how there's no talk about uh, awards this year. And I think that really kind of helps save it with this team. Uh, they'll probably win a couple. Um, you know, Rikers, I think, got a real shot for, for the Lou Groza. And, um, you know, Dallas Turner might might win something. Um, uh, Kool Aid might as well, but that compared to other years, it's very different, and I think that's going to help this team in the locker room. 
Kenny Wynn, a minute thing we've left off the table Alabama-wise for the week with written comments right there about the line improvement. Uh, we heard from Seth McLaughlin, we, the staffing issues have basically disappeared this year. Yeah, it's been uh, – I, I think I wrote about that on Tuesday maybe, that the offensive line, two of their biggest issues uh, have been cleaned up in recent weeks, the bad snaps and the um, the stacks, which I'm trying to remember now. Was it the Kentucky game or the LSU? I don't know. I feel like there was some game recently where I watched where the opponent, or maybe it was a game I was watching on TV, the center was constantly snapping it low. And I was like, maybe the quarterback likes it like that. Uh, but that it looked like there were bad snaps. What? Yeah, you said that to me while we were watching the LSU game. Yeah, the, yeah. I was like, I don't know if Jane Daniels likes it like that, but then it reminded me that Alabama has kind of cleared up that issue because it was an issue for a while. But, um, yeah, I think you, of course, want to see clean offensive line play from Alabama this weekend as well. Austin Hannon, anything we've left off the table as you're making your way from Atlanta? Yeah, I just want to ask you guys actually a question. I've been thinking about it a little bit. I'm not going to jump too far and say it's going to happen, but is there any world where – what Chris is talking about, Milro goes, lights up Auburn on the road, wins the rivalry game, lights up Georgia, uh, wins the SEC title, they go to the playoff, they win the national championship, and Milro's one of the reasons for it. Is that any chance for this year? I mean, this is his third year in Tuscaloosa. Um, and I kind of compare it back and forth with some people in the Eddie Richardson situation where um, last year, like, he played and you saw flashes, but, like, all the NFL people were just obsessed with Eddie Richardson because of the tools and, and how dynamic he was as a player and his size and his ability to throw the deep ball that obviously the Colts took a chance on him in the top five because they like the arm strength, they like that athleticism. Could we see something like that with Milrow if he has the kind of end of the season that Chris is talking about? Milro getting drafted and drafted high if he continues. I'd say uh, I'm with you, Austin, that it is unlikely, but – I mean, the biggest thing is not, 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 not the physical tools that he's got. Uh, they're, they're obvious. The biggest thing that is going to crush him is the passing mechanics. While they are better, they're definitely better than they were last year, they're still not quite, I don't know, they're quite into the NFL category yet. So um, I'll answer it first and say, oh, God, unlikely, but goodness gracious, all it takes. I guess that question is more of, I saw some people fighting in my comments about it. What, like, what has, what did Anthony Richardson do last year that Milrow hasn't done this year? Like, in my opinion, Milrow's had a more complete season than we saw from Richardson last year. Obviously, he's on a better team. But just based off the tape, I mean, what what else would they, would he need to show in all scouts down the stretch that maybe AR had last year? I don't have a good answer for that, Katie. What is uh, Jim Milrow need to show to Dallas? that Anthony Richardson didn't show uh, NFL scouts last year. I mean, I'm not an Anthony Richardson expert, but... They're very similar players. But, like, I feel like Anthony Richardson was already getting NFL hype by this point in the season last year, and, like, Miller was not. So, like, that would be my, like, argument to all this, is that, like, we're not... We're not seeing that anywhere, of, like, NFL scouts being like, Jalen Miller should come out after this year. Um, and especially, I think, with NIL, it, it changes things a little bit, too, that he can still come back here and make money, um, you know, for another year. And if, if he does lead Alabama to an SEC championship, he'll be able to make a lot of NIL money uh, with uh, with this Alabama uh, program. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about Anthony Richardson to really compare them, but I do feel like 
he was gaining more NFL buzz, um, and where I don't think that's there for Milro right now. Now we've we've seen guys though. You know, it, the NFL is just crazy. Obviously, Alabama's and Nick Saban have been better at sending guys to the NFL than anywhere else. But then you see guys like even like Eli Ricks leaves last year, doesn't get drafted, but then he's starting for the Eagles, and then you see guys that do leave early get drafted in the top in the first round and then their career fizzles out right away. So it's kind of a crazy thing, but I, I don't think that is super likely, kind of like Joe. Well, it'll be a lot of fun to watch uh, watch him develop. I think if he gets – he's got to be graded second round or higher to make that choice. Uh, so I, I don't think he's going to get that, that kind of feedback from the NFL scouts app when it's all said. Maybe he will. Maybe he will. It only takes one team. So uh, it'll, be, it'll be a lot of fun. Y'all ready to start talking about the rest of the week, uh, make some picks, and see how it's going to affect the Crimson Tide. Uh, we're going to obviously save Alabama for last, but we're playing Alabama at a 45-and-a-half-point number. Massive. I think that's the biggest number that we've seen this year. But we're going to start what we have. I have one, two, I have three SEC games. I have three SEC games, and I have two out-of-conference games, as well as the Alabama Chattanooga. We'll start with the SEC 230 CBS, Georgia. Number one, Georgia goes to number 18, Tennessee. This game looked very juicy maybe five weeks ago. Now has lost its luster just a little bit. We'll start with Chris Walsh. Chris, Katie, Austin, and then we'll go Austin, Katie, Chris uh, for our orders. We'll go Chris Walsh, Georgia at Tennessee, 230 on CBS on Saturday. Uh, Georgia, I don't care what the spread is. <laughs> I'm taking Georgia, and I'm taking Georgia big. Yeah, I'm going to go Georgia as well, which it is kind of crazy to look if, you know, Tennessee loses this game, they'll have four losses on the season after the year they had last year. I think they had higher expectations, but I don't think they have as much to play for now. Had an embarrassing game at Missouri last week, uh, so I think Georgia. Yeah, I think uh, we're going to see a similar environment at Nayland Stadium that we saw the Alabama game last year, but I think the big difference is that this Tennessee team is just not nearly as good as that one was um, in any aspect, really. I think they're a little bit better on defense, but that offense is just not very good. I mean, they got pounded by Missouri last week in Columbia, um, and the offense is all out of works. And when they were good at running the ball, they're not doing that much anymore. Uh, we saw Georgia really come onto the scene last week, pounding Ole Miss. So I think Georgia probably wins this by a couple scores or more. Yeah, I'm going to go with Chris, Chris Ball saying, give me the dogs, and I don't care what the spread is. Ten points is the official spread, but I think Georgia is going to steamroll Tennessee and behind Tennessee where they are in the pecking order of the SEC. We're going to stay in the East. We're going with Florida is at number nine, Missouri. Uh, they are playing in parts unknown. Missouri Tigers 8-2, 11-point favorite. Oh, man, Austin, does, uh, does uh, Billy Napier save this season at all? No. No, I, I really like this Missouri team. Um, and based off what Georgia has done to a couple other teams this year and the way that they were able to fight down at Athens, I think they've put together a, a great season. Uh, they've got Florida. And Florida's kind of going the opposite direction. I think Missouri you know, gets another pretty big signature win for the program. Yeah, I look, normally I'm a Missouri doubter and hater in them being able to win and a bigger games are kind of against bigger programs, but they proved me wrong last week against Tennessee. So and this this Florida team's flailing. So especially since it's in Columbia, I got Mizzou. Chris Walsh, do you know what standing on business means? So I, I'm sorry, repeat that? 
the end of the Missouri game, at the end of the Missouri Tennessee game this past week, uh, Eli oh. comes to the middle of midfield and says, "We are standing on business, Josh." Shakes hands and walks away. Are you familiar with that phrase at all? Yeah, he didn't. Well, he didn't walk away. He ran away. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I know it has something to do with a comment from last year, but I, I, I don't know the, the particulars. But I'm actually driving up to Missouri. I'm going to this game. Um, and, and I'm really curious to see this uh, Missouri team up up close. And uh, they've been really interesting to kind of watch from afar this year. So should be should be a fun, fun atmosphere. Oh, and so, and so Chris is going to be covering that game. And you can read all of his, of his coverage on that game at MizzouCentral.com. There are friends and partners and buddies over at Mizzou Central. Uh, we encourage you to uh, check them out in your spare time when you're uh, after you've read every single Bama Central article twice. That is, you can check uh, Mizzou Central out <laughs> and read what Chris has to write about Florida and Missouri. I'm going to go with uh, Austin and with Katie, and I'm taking Missouri in a big game. I think Florida is uh, dog water when they are out away from the swamp, and so uh, not going to be good. And then look, the, 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 the bad thing for Billy Napier is he is. Lost three, four, five recruits in this past week. They end up they had a top three recruiting class, and that recruiting class is falling apart by the day. So uh, things not looking so good for uh, for Billy Napier. And they're trying to save some things going up to Missouri this weekend. Chris, we're going to send it back to you with Kentucky at South Carolina. The Gamecocks are a one and a half point favorite. What? They're a one and a half point home favorite. Uh, they're two and five in the SEC, and they are hosting the Kentucky Wildcats at six thirty on the SEC network. Um, do I have to make a pick? Oh, I'm <laughs> too. All right. Um, you know, South Carolina did look a little better last year. Kentucky's been reeling a little bit. I, you know what? I'm going to go with Kentucky um, by a field goal. Just. It, you know, it's Kentucky's still playing for something. They're bowl eligible. South Carolina is is kind of floundering a little bit. I think they're kind of let's get through let's get through the season a little bit. And um, you know, they've got Clemson next week. So yeah, I, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the visiting team there. Yeah, I don't know how much I want to pick this one either. Um, I think I'm gonna go with Kentucky just because. South Carolina whooped up on Vanderbilt last week, but who hasn't whooped up on Vanderbilt this year? So, uh, Kentucky, you know, they won. Who did they beat two weeks ago? Mississippi State. But other than that, they've struggled lately. I think they need to uh, to win this game to kind of have a better overall looking season than some of their last couple games have been. Yeah, this is a kind of sour stretch for South Carolina. Playing their last four games at home, uh, they've already beat Jacksonville State, beat Vanderbilt. Now they got Kentucky and Clemson. They're still fighting for Bolo's building. Uh, it's a night game. I, I think the environment's going to be enough. I, I got to see enough of Kentucky last week. Uh, terrible offense. I don't have any confidence in Kevin Leary going on the road. I'm um, on a night game at Williams Price, so I'm going to take Carolina to win this one at home. Oh, man. Austin loves South Carolina. He has all your balls. So we'll see if that love will pay off. Oh, man. I'm taking Kentucky. Three of us, we're going to leave you on an island, Austin. We'll see how you do. Uh, but I am with you, Austin. It's going to be a low-scoring, ugly affair for uh, – look, don't watch this game. Don't watch this game unless – what's the word? Masochistic. Uh, sadistic, masochistic. Throwing the J yourself. Yeah, masochistic. Not, not good. Uh, 
Uh, stay away from this game unless you are a Kentucky or South Carolina alum or have family members in the ball game. All right, we're going to say Alabama for last. Uh, we want two out-of-conference games that have playoff implications. Uh, not really great when we, uh, you're going to have to look for some some upsets if you want to find them for Alabama. But two two games that uh, seem like they could be possible. Number five, Washington is at number 11, Oregon State. Austin had it. The, 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 uh, the Beavers are a one-point home favorite over the Huskies. And they've been high on the Huskies all year. And why wouldn't you be? They are undefeated and look very, very strong. How do you feel about this 6.30 p.m. ABC matchup? Yeah, don't watch Kentucky-South Carolina at, at 6.30. Flip over to ABC, a real channel, and watch Washington and Oregon State. It's definitely your game of the week. That's, uh, there's no doubt about that. I think Washington's kind of scrambling a little bit right now. Uh, they've had some close wins that maybe shouldn't have been close. They went toe-to-toe with USC for a while, got the win. They've, just, they, they've been flirting with getting upset for a while now, and I think this is the perfect opportunity for it, despite the fact that the Beavers are actually favored. I'm, I'm going with the Beavers and Corvallis. I think they pull off the win over the top five team and give Alabama a little bit of help, uh, even though I'm not sure how much it would do for Alabama with Oregon kind of still hanging around there, and we're, they're going to get a crack at the Huskies down in Las Vegas in a couple weeks, too, so uh, I like DJU. I think this is kind of going to be the game where he gets to prove to the national audience that, hey, I remember being at Clemson and how everything went wrong. Now here's, you can look at me in a positive light. Uh, the Beavers are going to get it down their home field. How much practicing, Kenny, did you have while DJ Ui Akilale was at Clemson pronouncing his name? I did not. Um, I feel like I heard it enough, though, that I would have been able to give it a go. It would really be more the spelling for me. I still, because. Uh, I still can't spell to his last name. I have to go like double check it every time whenever I'm doing a roll call or something when I'm having to write about him. But uh, I think I'm going to go with Oregon State at home. Um, I do think that if Washington loses, kind of like what Chris talked about earlier, it's obviously all null and void if Alabama doesn't beat Auburn and Georgia. But I do think if Washington loses, that's enough for Alabama to get in, even if Oregon ends up avenging their loss to Washington, because I don't think they'll leave out an SEC champion. But um, I'm going with Oregon State at home. I'll take the home team. I'll take for Chris Walsh as well, Oregon State. All right, so I will go on an island, and I'll take Washington uh, just because I feel like somebody should somebody should put Washington hat on on the panel. So I'll, I'll do that all along the way right there. And it's a close enough game that you know, if they lose, so be All right, last out-of-conference game for us also affects Alabama. This one probably much more directly. Number seven, Texas, is going to Iowa State. I know people see six and four with the cycle beside the Cyclones and think, what the heck, why are we talking about this game? Texas, only a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Obviously, Alabama's most direct competition uh, to, you know, in the college football playoff, having beaten Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Chris, is there any chance the Cyclones give the Crimson Tide a little bit of help on Saturday? Yeah, this is this has got upset special written all over it. I'm, I'm picking Texas, but um, if you're looking for a game where there's going to be a shocker this weekend, I think this is it. Unless, unless, and this is my one disclaimer, uh, Michigan-Maryland, which I totally recommend no one bet on anything with that game with Michigan the rest of the season. <laughs> That's a fair point. 
I, I feel like this Texas game, because, like, everyone's kind of pinning it the upset and because Iowa State's helped out Alabama in the past, I think Texas kind of knows. Even though, like, look, this Texas team, you know, two weeks ago, they are fortunate to win that Kansas State game at home. Last week, I was back in uh, – we got back to our hotel in Kentucky uh, after eating some good barbecue from the recommendation of Chase Goodbread. And uh, I had that Texas uh, TCU game on, but then after TCU threw that interception at halftime and Texas went up, I, I turned, I switched over and I switched back, and I didn't realize how much of a game TCU ended up making. So this Texas team hasn't been playing their best. So could they lose? Yes, but I think I'm still going to go for the Longhorns on the road just because I think they know obviously kind of what's at stake. Yeah, no Jonathan Brooks. Uh, so that's a big miss for Texas. Obviously, he's had a great running back this year. I got back soon. He's pretty good. He's going to fill in. Like Katie said, I'm glad she said it. I, I think there's too much upset watch on this one. And, and usually when that happens, you know, the team that's favored kind of figures out that all the talk is going on. And then they usually put it to rest. I think the difference here is going to be Texas on the defensive end. I think they get the win on the road. I'll, I'll make it four for four going with the Longhorns as well for much of the reasons that Katie and Austin have already put out there for us. I think it will be a fun game. Chris is exactly right. You better watch that at 7 p.m. on Fox. Just flip on over it for your nightcap. Uh, but don't get, don't hold your breath, Alabama fans. I think that maybe you'll see uh, Texas come away with the win in the end. All right, so, yeah, it's going to be kind of a light or lighter week for uh, the college football slate. Obviously, next week is rivalry weekend with all our eyes on the Iron Bowl. But uh, so kind of setting up for rivalry weekend, kind of have a little bit of a lighter week. Alabama taking on Chattanooga, 45-and-a-half point favorite. I think that's the biggest number I've, we put out this year. I think they were at 39, 37 for MTSU. So that was uh, the biggest number at that time. Uh, no, it's a it's 47. Yeah, it was 47 for uh, uh, for MTSU, and it was 39 for USF. So this is the second biggest number of the year. Obviously, they covered against MTSU. They did not against USF. Uh, we'll have a lot of fun breaking it down. Final thoughts and the pick for Austin Hannon. Yeah, they're going to be a little bit um, under. They're not going to have other players, like I mentioned. But I think this team is a little bit different than teams in years past. I think they've gotten better about um, complacency and, and treating their, their opponents the right way. I think all the things that Nick Saban has said this week about um, them needing to take care of business, uh, put themselves in a position to where they can play their backup players um, and, and build more confidence, right? Keep the train rolling. That's what Saban's talking about. Um, so that because if you come out here and you don't play well, you lose some of that confidence that you've built up over the last eight, nine games. And then you go into Auburn kind of not really knowing how you feel about yourself. So, I think it's important for them to go out there and play the football they've been playing. I think they will. I think they'll take that message. I think this one ends by the end of the first quarter, and I think Alabama covers that spread. Wins and covers for Austin Hannon and Katie Wyndham. You in his same camp? Are you splitting it up? How are you feeling? Final thoughts and the pick for this week's game. Uh, I am going to stick in the same camp as Austin. I think Alabama wins and covers because a lot of times in games like this, uh, especially on senior day, I think you get those late game garbage touchdowns where a guy runs it up the gut for 60 yards where Saban's not even necessarily happy that he scored because he doesn't want to, you know, just keep pouring it on the other team, but it, that it's enough that they're going to cover. Um, yeah, like Austin said, I, I think this team wants to keep playing well. Even that game uh, a couple years ago when it was two and they were tied with the Citadel at halftime, it was 10-10. I think they went on to win like 51-10. to 10. There just becomes a point where the talent gap is too big between these types 
games that even if you start out slower, kind of mess around or turn it over or whatever, eventually, you know, the, the, the gap is too much. And I think it'll be that way this week. So I got Alabama winning and covering. Winning and covering. Chris Walsh is the editor-in-chief at BamaCentral.com. He's not going to be making a pick, but give us your final thoughts on this week number 11 game, Alabama and Chattanooga. You know, it's last chance to see some of these guys at home. So it's always – this game is always a little bittersweet, you know, because you suddenly realize that the season's coming to a close and how close we are, you know, to the end. Um, you know, interesting – was this year obviously is, um, you know, last year the uh, the four team playoff and one of the one of the teams involved is has a huge scandal going on. Um, so it's it's a weird year for college football, but I'm beginning to say that every year about college football. So I hope everybody just has a has a great time and and uh, you know enjoys it, and we'll see everyone at, at Auburn in a week. We hope Chris Walsh absolutely continues his safe uh, journey up to uh, Columbia, Missouri, and has a good time watching Florida and Missouri. You want to make sure you cover his, uh, follow his coverage at MizzouCentral.com. All right. I am with everyone's uh, opinion that it is going to be a big Alabama win. It's going to be a comfortable day. But I'm going to go the opposite way. UTC will cover. We'll go 49-7, to 7, so they'll cover barely. They're going to cover by like two points. It'll be it'll be just a hair. Uh, but I do think Alabama has a very comfortable win. I think everybody gets to celebrate all this, this, this class of seniors. We'll be saying goodbye to Jace McClellan, Jermaine Burton, Royda Williams, Christian Story, uh, Malachi Moore, Quandarius Robinson, lots of great players who have spent time in an Alabama uniform. Uh, Seth McLaughlin, Justin Aboigby, golly, Will Reichert, and Darren Dalport as well. This class uh, has really been – I mean, obviously, you want a little more national championship success. You got one in 2020 with this class. Uh, but this class has really set a lot of records and played a lot of great football for Alabama. So uh, I will put my Nick Saban hat on and encourage all the fans who aren't sure if they want to go or not. Go support the guys. The tickets are probably really cheap. You can go uh, cheer for the guys and see the last time in Bryant-Denny Stadium, and you'll be home by 536 o'clock so you can watch that Texas and Iowa State game. Put on your Cyclones gear for that evening uh, evening, uh, evening content. Uh, that's going to pretty much do it for our show today. We want to encourage you to follow us at BamaCentral.com. We'll have Katie Wendham. We'll have Blake Byler and Matthew Gibson. And, Katie, I did get a text from Steven. I'll be at Coleman Coliseum tonight for Alabama basketball. Alabama basketball taking on the Mercer Bears at 7 p.m. So you'll be able to follow Bama Central right there from Coleman Coliseum. We'll have a little army in there. And then we will be boots on the ground. Another big army in Bryant-Denny Stadium's press box tomorrow. Uh, pretty much starting 9, 9.30. Everybody will be rolling into Bryant-Denny Stadium's press box, giving you all kinds of coverage for uh, Alabama's last home game of the year. Get in there. So cheer for the guys early. It's senior day. Celebrate all the walk-ons who never got to be celebrated. Give them a big old hand clap, and we'll be watching all the college football right here at BamaCentral.com. I want to you to encourage. I want to encourage you to follow Austin Hannon at Austin Hannon underscore Katie Wyndham at Katie Wyndham underscore Chris Walsh at Writing Walsh. Follow us at Bama Central on the X Machine. Myself, I am at Joe Gaither Six on all the social media machines. You can subscribe, rate, and review to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon. Uh, and you can always watch the shows on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter as well. We'll be back for another week. Oh my gosh, 
Iron Bowl week. Oh, it's going to be here. I uh, guess uh, Saturday at about 4 o'clock, we'll be ready to start talking Iron Bowl right here on Bama Central and Bama Central.